Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Reminder, you can get the full shows on the uh, Room 104 Podcast, Apple Podcast, the usual places where you get them from. Full shows and all the uh, individual interviews and features that we do here on the show this evening. Now, uh, obviously, Corona has been the only thing that has been dominating the news over the last while. Thankfully, our numbers here are going down across the world. They seem to be heading in the right direction as well. But... Um, someone who has had uh, who who had a battle with coronavirus and came out of that battle thankfully healthier on the other side, but decided to change their life completely. Join us on the line now to talk about his what's frankly a, a fascinating, intriguing, uh, and an amazing story. He is from uh, the band Death Angel. He's a drummer. His name is Will Carroll, and he joins us on the line now. Will, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, hanging out in my home in San Francisco, uh, feeling good. Is is life anywhere near normal yet over in San Francisco? It's kind of creeping along that way, but it's still it's pre- still pretty shut down. All the shops are still shut down, and the restaurants. So it still has a ways to go. Yeah, we're pretty much the same, aren't we? Mm, yeah. Slowly creeping there, but uh, yeah, we're still very much told to stay at home if we can. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same here. So you were one of the, I suppose, unfortunate and unlucky people that you actually contracted um, COVID nineteen back in what, what was it March? Can you tell us what happened to you? I was on tour with uh, Death Angel, and we were uh, touring Europe with two other Bay Area bands, Testament and Exodus. And we actually played Ireland uh, on that tour. It was uh, a lot of fun. And that was my that was my first time to Ireland. The tour was going great. Lots of sold out shows. Everyone was having fun. And then uh, by like the last week or so, people started getting sick. And the last couple days of the tour, I started feeling under the weather. And I don't normally get sick. It's been a long time since I've been ill. So I was a little concerned, but on the flight home is when I really felt terrible and I knew something was something was definitely wrong. And at what point did you know that you had the coronavirus? On the flight home, I started having my uh, suspicions because I just I had a terrible, uh, terrible fever and breaking out in cold sweats and I couldn't taste anything and I had a loss of appetite. And just everything was uh, was failing. <laughs> And as soon as I got home, uh, my fiance was like, wow, you look terrible. And she knew something was wrong. So it was around that time I uh, I figured I might have it. But I didn't know for sure until I got rushed to the hospital a few days later. My fever was so out of, out of control and I was barely eating. And so my fiance took me to the hospital and that's when they tested me and I was positive And they had put me into a coma and... 
try all kinds of experimental methods to keep me keep me alive. So you're literally fighting for your life. Yeah, yeah. I was in a coma for uh, 12 days. And like I said, I was one of the first, if not the first, at that hospital to try some of these experimental drugs and procedures. So they were kind of uh, throwing caution to the wind a little bit. They, they didn't know much about the, the virus at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, they were just doing whatever they could and obviously had the right combination because uh, I survived. They were pretty surprised I survived as well because I had heart failure during the coma. Jeez. And uh, a lot of things working against me. So when I did come come to, they were pretty surprised and, and very happy. And there was lots of doctors and nurses gathering around just to see for themselves that I actually uh, beat it. <laughs> God, and that's insane. 12 days in a coma from this. Because, I mean, I still think we have a habit of kind of brushing it off, kind of going, ah, it's not that bad. And I know, you know, case numbers are dropping around the world. But obviously here in your story, 12 days in an induced coma, heart failure, nothing obviously to, to be laughed at. But what, what obviously caught our attention was, was stuff that you were sharing about was, you know, what you were experiencing and dreaming during your coma. Was it true that you were having dreams of being brought to hell? It seemed so real at the time, you know, uh, and like they're, they're still pretty uh, pretty fresh in my memory. Like I can remember every detail, but yeah, like I, just, I had a vision of going down into a dark place, which I perceived as hell. Lots of people moaning in agony, and there was a woman sitting in a throne who I, who I uh, equated with the Satan. She was very unpleasant, <laughs> and um, I was being punished for sloth. A lot of vivid visions of that. I also shot up to heaven, too, after that. After being in hell for a while, I shot up to heaven, and heaven was a scary place as well in my dream. So the whole thing was pretty uh, pretty terrifying. And has that kind of episode changed your views and your beliefs when you've come the other side of the coronavirus? Well, I never really believed in the power of prayer, but uh, so many people around the world uh, were rallying behind me and sending my fiance their their well wishes and their prayers and people lighting candles for me and things of that nature. Uh, I never believed in any of that stuff before. So on that level, I, I do believe in the, the power of a like, collective positive energy and just the, the power of prayer. I do believe in that. I mean, obviously, the scientific end helps me out a huge amount as well, but I do believe that the, everyone's prayers really played a part in it as well. So I do uh, believe in that now. I'm not going to become a hardcore Christian now or anything and go to church all the time or anything, but I do believe there is a higher power out there, and I, that's not something I ever really considered before. So I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go uh, spiritually with this, but I do believe in, in, in that world now, for sure. Hey, yeah, so when, when you say you know, you've opened your eyes to this, is it... I can't imagine it's a beardy man at the pearly gates, or is it something, again, completely different that you're trying to figure out? A lot of people have visions of demons and stuff when they're induced coma. I've been reading up on that. So a lot of other people have had this experience as, as I have. So that's what I'm trying to figure out is if, uh, if it was a sign or if it was just uh, it was all the drugs in my system just making my brain act in a very bizarre way. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. I was I had a big interest in uh, in the darker things in life before this happened, and I wasn't I wasn't like a full on like devil worshiper or anything like that, <laughs> but uh, I did have an interest in, in a lot of that stuff, and I'm still interested in it, but I'm not going to be as actively pursuing it <laughs> as I used to. I definitely am taking this I'm definitely taking this as a warning. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm not going to take it too lightly. It is actually terrifying to, you know, to get to that level. And I wonder if it was the fact that you were in an induced coma that you had all these horrible nightmares. Like you didn't think for a second that 
this was real? I mean, I, for my memory, it, it, it seemed like it was totally real when it was happening. To the point where uh, when I did come to, when I snapped out of the coma, I didn't remember going to the hospital either. Like the last couple of days of being at home are a complete blur to me. I just don't remember anything. So I don't remember getting rushed to the hospital. I don't remember being at the hospital. So when I woke up and I was in a hospital bed, it was kind of a, a shock to me. And having machines all around me and tubes in and out of me, I was really shocked and confused. And there was a nurse standing right there. And the first words out of my mouth were, uh, am I still in hell? So that's how <laughs> real it seems, you know. I had that question asked for before going, am I still in hell? You're like, listen, I know the facilities aren't 100%, but listen, they're, they're not that bad. How does your kind of daily life now change before the induced hell coma to afterwards? Like what changes have you made in your lifestyle? It has nothing to do with the visions, but just, just getting being so sick and getting so sick. I, I've quit smoking anything at, at all uh, just because my lungs took a, a thrashing during mm. this whole thing. Since the last couple of days of the tour, which is back in March, I was a heavy drinker. I was drinking a whole bottle of Jameson a night. So that, that's not going to be permanent. I, I plan on having a drink here or there, but for the time being, I'm not drinking at all. I'm eating much healthier. No more processed food or fast food. I've cut out salt pretty much in my diet. And I'm just being more active. I'm going on walks every day. I've lost 40 pounds since this happened. So oh, wow. I'm definitely trying to live a healthier lifestyle for sure. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have done that if you hadn't have gone through such a terrible... You're, 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 you're probably right. I probably would have stayed the course and who knows what could have happened. So... Uh, this isn't the easiest way to lose 40 pounds, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be on some late-night infomercial for, you know, the coronavirus diet going, you just need 12 days in a hell-induced coma. This is exactly what we need. Um, well, yeah, listen, right. <laughs> well, we're we, uh, glad to hear that he obviously made it through to the other side and that uh, now instead of having a bottle of Jemison beside your drum kit, it's going to be a kale smoothie at the next Dublin gig. We'll see you <laughs> chugging back. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling great. Uh, going on walks every day. Like when I got out of the coma, I had to learn how to walk again. Yeah, a 12 days of uh, inactivity is is enough to, to to wreck your legs and wreck your muscles. My muscles were were, th- were seriously damaged and like had waned away. And like I hear of people being in comas for years. I could only imagine what their body must go through. Like I was only in it for 12 days and I couldn't walk. I had a I had to bring a walker home with me, and I was on a walker for first, like, almost week I was home. And then just doing all the physical therapy, stepping exercises, going up and down my stairs. It took, like, three weeks for me to be able to walk properly again. So atrophy does, yeah, atrophy kicks in pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm walking every day. I'm back to drumming. I've been drumming for the last week and a half, and that's going well. Everything's moving forward. Good. Well, we're glad to hear that you're on the mend and you've adapted a healthier lifestyle. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, next time you're back over gigging, when the world comes back to some sort of normality, uh, give us a shout. We'll, we'll give you the tour uh, around the station uh, whenever we're back to normal. But listen, Will Carroll, drummer for Death Angel, thanks a million for popping on. And listen, look after yourself. Thank you very much. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.